You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. For years, many domestic South African companies listed on the JSE Securities Exchange have been unfashionable, forlorn and forgotten. At the beginning of last year, the pandemic precipitated yet more pessimism and certain companies were quite literally on a precipice. But after the fall and the fall has come the rise. Is it justified? Can it continue? With me from 91 in Cape Town are Hannes van den Berg, co-head SA Equity and Multi-Asset, and Rahana Khan, portfolio manager at the same institution. Hannes, I'll start with you. Before we get on to sectors and maybe some stocks that you'd like to, to throw out there as recovery stocks and good news stories, just give me the general feel about where we were March last year to where we are today. Yeah, good to speak to you again, Lindsay, and glad to be joined by Rihanna. Rihanna helps us quite a lot on, on some of the stock selection and the ideas we've, we've, we've implemented in the portfolio. And you're right, and I remember March, April last year, um, we all were on a call. Mimi Farini, our CEO, hosted these weekly calls for all the portfolio managers uh, at 91 to share across different geographies and asset classes what, what we see. And I remember the the, the credit guys, especially emerging market credit portfolio managers, were telling us that the bids just evaporated. I think there was obviously um, a lot of panic that set in in markets and, and, and forced selling and people who just wanted to liquidate and get into cash. And then slowly but surely, some of the some of the London analysts started indicating to us that central banks maybe learned something from 2008. So the size and speed with which they reacted. Um, obviously, a lot of liquidity came into markets. And, and over the subsequent weeks, as we were discussing, we heard that some of the bids and liquidity and, and, and things started to normalize. And that gave us the opportunity to say that maybe COVID-19 was more of a natural disaster mindset and, and different to the global financial crisis, where the global financial crisis took a year and a half, two years for things to just stabilize and normalize. And, and COVID, because of the way in which central banks and, and governments reacted, um, People also getting more comfortable and familiar with the virus and how to treat it. Uh, things normalized a lot, a lot quicker than, than we all feared, say, the second quarter of last year. Rihanna, after what Hannes has just said, in other words, uh, bids disappearing on, say, domestic stocks and the markets in a sort of a mini meltdown, you must have looked at the situation and said, goodness me, there's an opportunity here. Yeah, it was a combination of massive opportunity and then trying to identify the roses from the thorns, essentially. And the team got hard at work to try and identify which companies we thought would be able to manage through the crisis better than, than others. Um, so stress testing balance sheets of businesses to try and identify those that, you know, would, would, wouldn't need to, wouldn't need capital to, to continue and potentially, um, given the crisis can come out of the, um, come out in a, in a better position. Um, so initially we did ba- a lot of stress testing on balance sheets um, and identifying those opportunities. The second thing we did was also we looked at, you know, we, the analyst team um, did bear base and bull case scenarios on all the, on all their companies as well, because I think what happened in that crisis is your, your, your earnings forecast by the market consensus actually became stale and useless. Um, so we, we couldn't use those. And so by getting the analysts to actually do those bear base and, and bull case scenarios, we could then start to understand what was market was pricing in for particular companies. And that's where we started to identify those, those big opportunities. Um, I give you an example with the likes of a, of a Truets, um, where the market actually, you know, took the earnings of that company down to like, say, three and fifty a share, whereas when our analyst was actually doing the, um, you know, on his base case forecasts, it looked like the, the earnings for Truets was going to be five rand a share um, going into the following financial year. 
and the share was actually ended up trading at 25 rand um, at that point in time. So, you know, strong balance sheet, a business that, that stood the test of time in terms of SA, really good cash flows, and the market completely underestimating the, the potential um, in terms of a, a steady state um, environment. And so I'm going to stay with Rihanna just for a second now because Truworth has just come up in the conversation. And I was just looking sure. in the in, in very short term, looking at the Stock Exchange New Service this morning and seeing results out from two retailers, number one, Lewis, number two, Mr. Price. I don't want to get into stock specifics, but it just tells you from these results, which were pretty robust, I must say, that the retail sector is a sector that uh, warrants attention, Rihanna. Yeah, for sure. We have a good allocation of our clients' money to these apparel retailers. And I think um, what we found was that the market is underestimating this SA consumer. As the months were going on, you had a combination of at the low end of the market, the government actually stepped in quite quickly and supported the consumer with, um, you know, those TERS payments. So government grants essentially as a percentage of retail sales went up by 5%. So there was an underpin for the low-end consumer there. And at the top end, the Saab actually came in and cut the repo rate by 300 basis points um, last year. And that underpinned the, your, your upper-end consumer who, if he kept his job, had like three, you know, two to three percent more of his disposable income to spend on things rather than actually, you know, uh, putting it into interest and debt payments. So the combination of that actually made this consumer a lot more resilient than the market had thought, um, as long as he kept his job and the government supported the low end. And so the top line actually started to, you know, wasn't, was weak, but not as weak as everybody thought. And then the other thing is with a lot of these, these companies, um, which you are seeing now with, with Pitco and Mr. Price, the strong top lines, but also the, the debtors books in these businesses. So even though the credit sales, you know, they haven't been lending a lot, what you're finding is that the provisions on their books, they actually tucked away a lot of, of fat there and they're starting to release those because actually the collections on the books over the last six to nine months have actually been better than expected. So you're getting that unwind as well. And, the, and those are the things that the market essentially underestimated um, when they took a, a, a you know, took a knife to, to the forecast last year. And it's over to you now. What particular sector has grabbed your attention? I, mean, I know PGMs, the Platinum Group Metals, have been doing very well indeed, and they've done even, even better. But I don't know if you want to focus on that. What sector has particularly caught your eye since the, the horrible times that we had early last year? Yeah, to latch on to what Rihanna just highlighted, a lot of the SA Inc. stocks, the earnings expectations got smashed and people's expectations overshot to the downside. People went into very bearish scenarios. For some of the SA Inc. stocks, the retailers that she mentioned, also the banks, uh, people thought that, you know, these banks need to provide a lot for credit loss ratios and bad debts. Um, and, and, and the share prices followed these, these expectations down lower. And, and what we found was, that the opportunities then uh, over especially a 12 to 24 month window time period were to pick up some of these stocks at incredibly attractive valuations and, and with sentiment from those very bearish levels starting to, to improve. And yeah, you've touched on the resources. I mean, we've had, we've had a strong position there for quite a while. Um, on the other side of the portfolio. So you've got a big allocation towards the SA Inc. stocks, the financials and retailers, but then also uh, more than a third of the portfolio allocated to to the resources sector because we, we think a lot of supply-demand dynamics for, for for commodities like iron ore and, and you've mentioned the PGMs and even the copper market are still incredibly tight um, and, and therefore the commodity prices and the levels at which they are support the earnings and free cash flow profiles of a lot of these resource counters. So PGM miners, platinum group metal miners, uh, some of the diversified miners who've got exposure to China that have recovered quite strongly. Um, you know, 
post post COVID, better than the rest of the world. Um, and and those those stock screeners are very attractive opportunities. I mean, a stock like Sapi, forgotten stock, exposed to the textile industry. They produce what's called dissolving wood pulp, which goes into a, a product called viscose, which gets used for, for, for clothing. A lot of athleisure clothing gets produced from viscose. Um, and, and, and that stock was trading at 25 below 30 rand. Uh, currently, the stock's up close up to, to, to 45 and 50 rand. So the stock's doubled. Um, and we were able to, to, to acquire some of that into an improving sentiment. So lots of opportunities on the resources side. We, we used... Some of the more defensive rand edge stocks, the likes of British American Tobacco and some of the, the, the you know, nice best process, which, which did its job during the crisis, steady earnings profiles. Um, but when we saw these opportunities with stocks, uh, with improving sentiment and, and share prices that were smashed out, we sold some of those defensive rand edge stocks and, and used some of that money to rotate into resources and SA Inc. stocks. Just staying with you, Hannes, for this particular question, because it's, what you talked about is there resources, and I was particularly interested in, in the PGMs and companies that are digging coal and iron ore out of the South African ground. You've got a couple of different factors. When Rihanna talked about the retailers, it's a very much an SA domestic story, a pure SA domestic play, something like Mr. Price or Lewis, although I'm not saying that your company is involved in either of those stocks. But anyway, you see my point. But with you, Hannes, you You've got China, you've got international demand, you've got constrained supply, as well as the South African domestic situation. So it's not just a pure SA story. You have other factors to take into consideration. Yeah, that's correct. And that's why leveraging off our global colleagues um, who run multi-asset and equity products across all geographies from a from a global scale, and we tap a lot into them and, and where do they see the opportunities and and, and from a growth and a inflation and a, and a you know a lot of a lot of stimulus that was announced, where, where are the potential tailwinds and 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 that's how we how we try and position the the portfolios from a South African perspective, investors' perspective, try and position the portfolios, you know, relative to what we can find here and and, and also on a global scale. And and I think what you highlight, what's what's also important, um, Lindsay, is that our, our global colleagues started to indicate to us that that uh, you know when we were started hunting for global ideas, they said guys that guys and girls the best ideas are right under your noses in South Africa. Um, with with resources and, and the strong commodity prices, that's given another lifeline to, to South Africa because of more tax and VAT collections and royalty payments to, to government has allowed the South African government to run lower deficits and better collections have led to lower deficits than what was expected. Now they have to issue less debt to you know to, to go to borrow from foreigners. So that has helped the RAND. And, and that has allowed, uh, you know, strong commodity prices leads to stronger currency, leads to low inflation, and therefore they can keep interest rates lower. And all of that bodes well for, for South Africa and gives it flowing to the country. Yeah, I conducted an interview yesterday. I was trying to explore whether the South African currency, the RAND, is indeed still a commodity currency. And I couldn't come up with any other conclusion that it, it, it really is. Rahana, I want you to sort of help us sum up here. You start the summary. I asked in my introduction, is the bounce back justified? My personal opinion is yes, it is. But the really key point here is can it continue? For sure. I think the bounce back that we experienced, I think, you know, it overshot to the downside. I think the pessimism in the prices of a lot of these companies just, you know, went too far. So the bounce back is expected. I think a lot of these businesses will make their earnings back to the 2019 earnings level. They will make it back over the next two to three years. I guess the, the difficulty is, is, is then what? Um, you know, is, does South Africa then, are we able to breach this 2% GDP, um, growth again? Um, 
and be able to, you know, have this GDP per capita growth, which, 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 we, which, which we've been starved on for the five years previous, prior to COVID. And that, I guess, will, you know, we need that structural change and those type of things to start, um, start coming through in terms of policy, um, from, from government, et cetera, to try and get more confidence in the ability for these businesses to grow beyond getting back to where they were before. And Hannes, finally from you, you've obviously enjoyed the last few months. And in fact, if you look back even 14, 15 months from these incredibly low levels, but will you be enjoying the next few months and the next couple of years as well? Is this just the tip of the iceberg? Yeah, you're right, Lindsay. I mean, what's important here is, is the performance that comes in through the front door and what's, what's behind us is behind us. I think we, we are, we've seen the first half of an upswing, um, with a lot of fiscal and monetary support. Um, we're now going into, to the next phase of, of this recovery, which is now going to be, oh, do we expand and, and do we see growth going forward? And, High interest rates and high inflation is, is normal. Um, you know, you don't want it to happen too rapidly and, 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 and therefore spook markets. But, but if we do see high inflation, high interest rates come through, you know, that's not necessarily a bad environment for equity markets. Um, so it's critical for the vaccines that gets rolled out to be successful for, for, for us to, to increase mobility and services sectors to recover. But going forward, I think we need to rely on earnings growth and, and find the right opportunities of, of companies that deliver strong earnings growth over the next year or two, three, um, and then start positioning ourselves uh, you know, in, in those companies, allocate the capital to those, because we're now going into the expansion and growth cycle. But, you know, we've had the recovery in the, in the, previous, in the previous few months and, and year or two. And we're seeing a lot of good buying opportunities. I mean, we've got quite a long list of, of stocks that we want to that we want to buy. So, therefore, we, we believe there's still a lot of opportunities out there. Hannes, Rihanna, thank you so much for your insight. Hannes van den Berg is co-head of SA Equity and Multi-Asset at 91, and Rihanna Khan, Portfolio Manager, both at 91 in Cape Town. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.